Hi there, I'm your host Kate. I grew up in Seattle, Washington around friends that were entrepreneurs or had parents that were. Throughout my different ventures, I came to a realization that I enjoy talking to people about their careers and listening to their inspiring stories. One day, I thought to myself, why not record these conversations and make it into a podcast? So here we are, and now these stories are available to you with the hope that you'll also find them inspiring. At 16, Julia had started Miss Owen Friends, which was initially inspired by her drawings. Procter & Gamble invested in her company that was valued at $15 million. Although times have changed and the company has pivoted, the mission statement has stayed the same. Their mission has been to help empower and build self-esteem in young girls by giving them a platform to express themselves, ask questions, get advice, and have fun. Listen in as Juliet describes what it was like owning a company at 16 and how she has pivoted to adjust with the web transformations, including an NFT segment. I understand that Miss Owen Friends began from when you and your sisters had a passion of drawing and uh, your mom realized that and helped with the design and creation of the website. At that moment, did you ever see it turning into a business? Um, so no, um, absolutely not. When we first started, I had uh, no idea what this would turn into, that this would turn into a real business. It was just truly a hobby for my mom, my sister, and I to just play around with these drawings. And um, it's obviously not just a hobby anymore. <laughs> yeah. So at what point did you realize that the, you're like your website was growing you were getting traction and it was it could have become a career for you um so you know I started Miss Owen Friends when I the company officially launched when I was 16 um and it, it was still a hobby for a while it really wasn't until I was in college maybe like my my junior my sophomore my junior year that I was like okay like this is this is more than just um, this is more than just a hobby. Um, we had received a significant investment from Procter and Gamble in 2008, and that for us was like really like the big turning point of going from this you know hobby to um, a real category defining brand when it comes to being able to reach this tween um, this tween niche demographic. Um, and so when I graduated college, it was really exciting because. I had been working on Miss O while I was also going to college, but when I graduated college was when I really became full-time on this and not just kind of after, uh, in between classes or on the weekends. Gotcha. And when you were in school, did you study business at all? I actually did not study business in school. 
I, um, I did take some, I did take some classes in the B school and I took some classes around entrepreneurship. Um, my, my major was anthropology and public health and public health was, um, a focus on women's health and anthropology is the study of people. So for me, it was just really cool to learn about, um, you know, different cultures, um, people obviously focusing around women and women's health. And I feel like that for me was like a really well-rounded um, degree because I was able to take so many classes that crossed within so many different areas like psych and the business school. Um, so n- not, not, not a business school major though. <laughs> Studying anthropology in school, did it help you with growing Miss Owen friends? Yeah, I think it, I think like for me, it was, it was just always like, I'm always about, I I love learning, right? And I think like learning about people and cultures and history, um, it allowed me to just kind of be a more well-rounded person um, and take some of those, you know, just take some of that like knowledge that I was learning in college and apply it to growing my business. Um, My grandfather was actually the Dean of Engineering um, at um, you know, that, that's what he did for his career. And he always said to my mom and her brothers, like, you know, you go to college to get an education, not necessarily a job. And so for me, looking at college as really an opportunity to learn, um, I think was able to open my eyes to a lot of different things that I was able to bring back to Miss Owen Friends. You did start it a bit while you were in school. Was it hard to juggle? Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I started it when I was in high school, so it was definitely hard to juggle. Um, I also, you know, sometimes I went back and forth, like of people of not wanting people to know about it. Um, uh, there was just always kind of like, I didn't want to just be like that girl who had a company. I don't know. It, it seems so silly now, but thinking, you know, back to high school, like all the things that make you like that worry you, <laughs> um, but I worked on this. So after school, uh, I would you know travel for meetings. Um, so it was a it was definitely a juggle, and then even more so in college because college, um, you know, I was older at the you know I wasn't in high school anymore. So like I was more independent in that sense of like okay, like it was my responsibility to reach out to my teachers to tell them I had this other venture, um, and I would do that at the beginning of every semester. I would reach out to them to be like, I wanted to let you know I also have this company. Like I'm looking at the syllabus. Like I know that this date or this date I might not be in class. Like please let me know. So I kind of had to be really proactive when it came to um, like talking to my professors about it um, and making sure that I wasn't falling behind in school or like I didn't want them to think that school was not a priority for me. Um, And I feel like probably now, like I graduated college in 2011, but I feel like probably now schools are, or I would at least hope are even more open to students who are creating businesses or have other careers while simultaneously going to school um, and can be, helpful in many ways to those students. That's really great that you were proactive and told your teachers about it and that they were understanding too to, uh, to accommodate your schedule. Cause I could just imagine how busy you were at the time. Yeah. Um, and I will say some teachers were not understanding. Um, <laughs> and it was always like a really hard uh, decision because it essentially it was, they were telling me to choose between like the grade I would get in class or, um, 
or like me going to go do like a really important meeting for my company, which I was kind of always shocked by. Um, but then there were teachers who like, you know, were thought it was so cool that I was doing that I had my own company. Um, so yeah, it, it, it always surprised me when I had teachers who were not supportive because I was like, what, like you're a teacher, you should be encouraging um, kids or students to be exploring other things. How did your friends think about it? Uh, so my friends that like I grew up with, right? So like my friends who've known me forever, um, they have not really ever thought anything different. Um, it's just like I've known them for so long and they've known me as I've grown this and they've always been super supportive um, and have thought it was really cool. They're always you know, cheerleading me on and sounding boards for me and anything that I continue to do. Um, and then when I went to college, obviously, like I didn't go into college with people knowing that I started a company. So um, I found like once I started talking about it in school with my friends at school, they were also like so supportive um, and really were able to like help me in so many ways um, with the company in college, whether it was like doing like, I, one of my best friends was a photographer like she was a photo major at school and I had to do a like I, there was an interview and they needed pictures and I didn't have any pictures. And this is obviously like pre like good iPhones or anything like that. So like she was able to do that for me. Um, but my friends have always been like so supportive. And I think it's really cool now as I'm, you know, like older and have all these friends who are in different industries um, just to be able to connect with them um, and like look at different types of partnerships or collaborations and have, you know, my friends introduce me to their network and people that they know. So it's been, um, it's been really cool to be surrounded by a lot of people who, you know, believe in me and what I'm doing and want to share that with other people and support me in any way that they can. That's wonderful. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I was talking to another entrepreneur and um, how there's certain people that don't want like are more secretive I would say because they're afraid of the competition out there um, versus someone who uh, shares and networks and you want to bring someone else up with you um, so in your case it sounds like networking really paid off and that um, sharing about your company helped it grow yeah absolutely and I think too like especially I know we'll talk about this a little bit later, but especially as I've now like, like started this new, like essentially extension of Miss Owen Friends with our NFTs, what I've, what I'm finding is it is really easy to get, and, and I'm definitely guilty of this kind of pre-NFT where I would kind of get like, it wasn't that I w didn't want to connect with people. It was more that like, I was almost too, um, like it's hard to ask for help sometimes, right? Like it's hard to be like, I'm struggling with this. I, or my company needs this and I can't do this. Like it's, it's sometimes hard to vocalize that um, and to ask for help. And I feel like I was on a path where I sort of got a little bit pigeonholed and a, a little bit of like, oh, well, like I should, this all should be working or this should have been going this way or I should like a lot of the shoulds. Um, and what's been really cool, especially with this new project with my NFTs, is this was like learning about NFTs was like a whole new world for me. Um, and I kind of took the opposite of approach where I was like, 
listen, like I need all the help I can get. Like as, as anyone who can, who's willing to talk to me, to teach, to learn, like it's just for me to learn, like ask those questions. And I feel like by switching my mentality around that, I have learned one, learned so much more. Um, and two, like have been able to really build meaningful connections because people do want to help. And it's like kind of up to you to ask for that help. Like you can't expect like people to always be like offering it up. Like you kind of need to be more direct about it. And so I feel like in the last like six months, I have really been able to kind of get out of my own way in that sense and actually be able to like ask all those questions. And I feel like that has been what has really been reinvigorating for me and also uh, you know, helping to like drive the success. That's wonderful. Um, so through, um, how, like, where would you go to ask for help? Do you usually go to your friends or do you join an online community? Um, are there certain entrepreneur groups you go to meetups, whatnot? Yeah. Um, I definitely go to my friends first. Um, just like, especially like if like, again, like most of my friends are, they work and they're all in like, they have careers that are all across the spectrum of industries. And so I will say like my friends have probably been the biggest resource, especially in like connecting me to like help me connect the dots. Um, there are some like entrepreneur groups that I've been involved with in the past that I'm not necessarily like super active in right now, but I have, I have made some like real friends from those. And, um, those are people that like, I always reach out to as well from an advice perspective. Um, and you know, now again, like that, I'm exploring this whole world of NFTs. One of the really cool things about the, the utility of an NFT is, you know, depending on the project is the community that comes with it. And so I've been finding a lot of value in some of these communities um, of projects that I feel personally invested in to be connecting with other like-minded people. And again, this is more focused around like Web3 NFT stuff, but it is really cool once I start talking to people, you know, it all connects back to the mission of Miss Owen Friends and what, what it is we're trying to do when it comes to empowering girls and like really you know, celebrating that there is no one definition of what it means to be a girl. So I feel like within the, these online communities, I'm now building up all of these like incredible connections and resources and support too, um, which is that part is like kind of new for me, which is exciting. That is exciting. Um, you mentioned um, that Ms. Owen Friends um, the mission has always been to empower girls. And um, back then, I believe your business model was more of a social website where tweens can go online and um, and like chat with each other, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, also this all safe. Yeah, safe social chat. Yes. Okay. And then also like learn about topics that other tweens are going through. Um, what was it? What was your website like then versus how you pivoted now? Yeah, so um, we've had a lot of pivots as a company, which I do think is important for any business. Um, but I will say, like even within these pivots, like we've always stayed true to our mission. So like whatever we're doing to pivot is really to 
either better serve our community um, while also like looking for additional revenue sources so we can put it back into the company to better serve our community. Um, so when we first launched, actually, the like we started like again, this all goes back to the drawings, right? Like the drawings that I did that then became a Juliet and the Olivia character that then became the Miss O girls, which were like essentially like the hosts of our website when we first launched in 2005. So like, it was a really simple like flash website. Like those don't exist at all anymore. Um, but like the initial idea actually around like what we were going to be doing from like a business model perspective was licensing because we had these illustrated characters um, and, you know, licensing was kind of like where it was, where we were thinking about it with. And we did do like a small licensing test um, with Office Depot. We, um, we also came out with like a book series, um, but they were kind of, they were small and like we needed to like continue to grow. Um, but licensing was a main priority for us. And even when, so P&G invested in us and like I mentioned before in 2008 and at that same time, and this is pre-market crash, right? So at the same time, um, we were actually working on a deal with Target for licensing for like back to school supplies, like party paper goods, that sort of thing. And like everything was all teed up. And um, then like, you know, 2008 happened and, you know, Target, like many other companies pulled back on any type of product that was not already like known and tested, which, you know, like it totally makes sense. Like that was a really, really crazy time. But so like for us, like we had been doing licensing and then like, okay, like, but now we got to kind of rethink, right? Because these opportunities were no longer there. And so that's when we started looking at building out partnerships and sponsorships within our website, because our website was really growing. Um, and as like, again, this like alternative, this just like safe online place where girls could go and they could read articles written by their peers. They could write articles. They could ask questions and get answers. And so that's kind of when like the next phase like started where we started doing more like sponsorship partnership online advertising type revenue. Um, and you know, that's something that we still do. We do a lot of sponsorships on our website um, and that is still like a significant source of revenue for us. But then like even more so like as our company like continued to grow, um, that's when we started thinking like, okay, how do we continue to expand this media? Like we have such an incredible community of girls. Like how do we keep serving them? Like we have this art, we have this community. And then that's when we started exploring like a TV series. And so um, then that was like another, you know, stream of revenue um, being like the license, like licensing it essentially to YouTube originals um, and creating our hyperlinked series. Um, and so like we've, we've pivoted a lot um, but again, like it's, it's more, we're, we're adapting to growing our business, which I think is really important for, um, anyone who is, yeah. you know, building a business. Um, and you know, now we're, we're kind of, we're doing that with like our NFTs, like as another source of revenue to be able to bring in money to drive our initiatives when it comes to our website and our app and more content we want to create and then everything we want to do in web three. So it's really it's really like exciting um, because again, we've never lost track of who we are, which I think is hard, um, but also really important if we want to be authentic to our community. What I mean from licensing is so like the illustrated characters, like the Miso 
miso girls, right? Like that was, it's an IP, right? Like an intellectual property that like we own that we created. So like, you know, like a, like Hello Kitty, for example, like licenses their products. And like, that's when you see them on, you know, notebooks and you see them on t-shirts and you see them on all of those things. So um, we never, the deal with Target actually fell through um, because of the market, but that was the plan was to do, um, all types of back to school product with our Miss O characters on it. So to build like a brand essentially around our characters. And with uh, Procter and Gamble, um, did you have any licensing opportunity with them? No, not with Procter and Gamble. They were, um, you know, they were more interested in us, um, especially because we were able to reach like this really niche tween demographic. Um, And so, you know, they saw us as like a valuable um, resource to like their, their community when it came to like, when it came to uh, some of their products, like secret deodorant, like Playtex, like tampons, always pads. Um, And we, we did do a lot of uh, sponsorships with them. So that was more like, you know, secret deodorant would sponsor like a really cool giveaway on our site and, you know, included girls would get like all this product from secret. Um, And then like, we always used to do, and this is like, we don't do this anymore. This is how we've changed, but like a big part were like big concert giveaways. So like, remember we did like a huge one and this was like when Justin Bieber, like first like came out was so popular um, with secret deodorant and like Justin Bieber uh, concert tickets. So like we would do like kind of like big, like sweepstakes, like packages around product that we felt was um, valuable to our community and like was appropriate. Like we've always been really like discerning with who we work with. And obviously like, you know, PNG is such a wonderful, wholesome company and has products that our girls use and need. Um, so it was it, like those types of, you know, collaborations are always really cool. Did you approach Procter & Gamble for the investment or did they approach you? We approached them. Um, and like I, like, you know, we've talked about this. I was really young when I started this. So my parents actually, like I was a minor. I couldn't even, I couldn't even like sign any legal documents, but um, my parents also became very involved in the company. So my dad's background was in marketing. My mom, as we already talked about, um, she's the artist and designer behind all the art that you see. So it was kind of like this, um, it would be the three of us that would go into these meetings. Um, and yeah, we were able to connect with the team at PNG um, and talk to them about investment. Would it be like your dad initiating um, a meeting with PNG and then you, your mom and your dad would go in and pitch to them uh, what Ms. O and Friends is about and how um, they could invest? Yes, exactly. So like when we first started, um, my dad's background, as I mentioned, was in marketing and he comes from like the consumer product side. He actually worked at uh, the P&G rival Colgate. So um, it was it was uh, we actually went we went to Colgate first, actually, to talk to them because that's where his business relationships had been. But Colgate wasn't interested. Um, and so that's when someone had suggested, like an advisor of ours had suggested, oh, like, you know, maybe, maybe P&G might be interested. So we did put together, um, like a board of advisors. Um, and I think that's really important for anybody who's starting a business is to find people who can help you grow, um, and help you kind of can make connections because that's a really hard, that's like such a challenge. 
Um, so yeah, when we first started, it would be my, you know, my dad based off of some of his past relationships within his career of people that he reached out to. Um, but now that's, you know, I would think for the last 10 years, like since I started doing the show, like truly full time, that's like what I do now. So I learned from him, like how to kind of go about those things. Um, and if we do ever have like, you know, big potential investment meetings where it comes down to some of like the nitty gritty financials. Like I have become way more competent and savvy in those, but you know, I'm not an accountant. So forever getting into that type of stuff. Um, that's where my dad is still really involved in the business. He likes to joke, like he's the, uh, the cook chief and uh, bottle washer, like kind of yeah. like those like behind the scenes type things um, where I'm the one who's now, you know, going into these meetings um, and, especially like depending on the project, like hyperlinked, for example, like the series I mentioned, like that was my mom and I. So like we went in, like we pitched that together. We worked with another writer. Like we, we did that. We pitched that. Um, the NFT project is also very driven by my mom and I, like she's the artist behind all of the art that you see. Like I'm more on like the business development, like partnerships, like all the other hat side. Um, but I have always worked with my parents which is really cool. And like, we are true, like business partners, co-founders. Um, and like, we've all been like, we've all been learning together. Why I asked that is because um, I think for, well, for anyone getting started, um, they may not know how to get an investment. And I was yeah. just thinking you were so young at the time. Um, how did you learn about it or how you came about it? So that's, that's amazing. And that's amazing that your parents are great business partners too. Um, and is your sister, is your sister a part of it as well? She was, um, she was involved in like a lot of like the creative and like ideation when she was in middle school and high school. Um, but she's less involved now, but I will say like with our NFT project, she has been like definitely involved with some of like the creative direction. Um, my sister is like the most creatively talented out of all of us. Um, she is like an awesome, uh, fashion designer. So she's like really focused on that, which is, which is really cool. Um, but I think like, you know, I, my parents believed in me, like, you know, this was a significant, like, financial commitment for all of us to, like, my, you know, they invested their own personal money into this, like, my college savings, we agreed, like, to invest into Miss Owen Friends, so these were, like, not light decisions, um, and I realized that a lot of people don't have, like, parents or that type of, you know, support system um, to, like, be able to make that type of, like, decision to do that, and that's why I say, like, being able to find other people that can help you do that is, like, the, the most crucial thing because if I've learned anything it's you cannot do this alone um and the more I am like the more I'm able to collaborate with people and connect with people the less like less like I already use this word but less pigeonholed I become and like I am able to see and like the collaboration part is huge um, and I think like so many people that I've been able to connect with over the years, um, they've been able to bring like such a different perspective that sometimes like you can, as a, as a founder, like you can kind of get uh, like sidetracked a little bit. <laughs> um, so like finding people to support you. And I think it's like, whether it's talking to friends initially, like 
reaching out, like getting into communities that have missions that are aligned with you. Like it's not easy. Like all of this is not easy. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. But if it's if it's a project that like you are really passionate and excited about, hopefully others will see that too. Um, and that will at least be the like the starting point to to see like what can come from it. That's wonderful. Yeah. It sounds like you and your parents um, were all in it together and truly believe in the mission. But were you intimidated by competitors at the time when you started? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm always intimidated by competitors. I still am. It's, it's, you know, it's, I, it's hard because there are a lot of competitors out there. Um, But I think too, like, it's important to like try and reframe it a little bit and think of like, okay, well, like how can we maybe be collaborative? Um, and I feel like, you know, there are competitors that would never ever be open to that. Um, but I do feel like now, like that is becoming more, um, that's becoming something like more exciting for people and for projects to collaborate because like you, when you can collaborate, you can, you can have such a, like a much bigger impact, which I think is really cool and exciting. You mentioned that Miss Owen Friends has a segment that about NFTs now. That's been a growing area in terms of uh, like digital market uh, with like cryptocurrency and NFTs. And I would say there's not a lot of people that still know or like there might be a lot of people that don't know what NFT is. Could you briefly explain that and how um, Miss Owen Friends is helping tween girls learn about NFTs? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm so excited about like NFTs and Web3. I just think it's like, there's just so many opportunities for creators and entrepreneurs, which is I think what has really like lit this fire under me in terms of pursuing this for Miss Owen Friends. But I think like before, I think the best way to kind of contextualize NFTs is to think about it in terms of like web one, web two, and web three. So which is I've obviously referred to web three a few times. And if anyone doesn't know what that means, like that's that's the norm. So don't like feel intimidated by that. Um, Basically, web one was like the start of the internet. So like you would go onto like a website and like read a PDF, right? Like you couldn't interact with it. You couldn't send it. You could just read it. You could maybe print it out, but like that was it. So web one, think of web one as read only. Um, And then we go to web two, which is like what we're mostly in right now, which is read and write. So that's being able to create content, to send things back and forth, to, you know, buy things online. Like that's, that's like the read and write component. And so when we talk about web three, web three is read, write, and own. So that ownership piece to web three, I think is like one, the coolest part about it, um, but also like that where the the value comes in, um, especially when it comes to NFTs. So an NFT stands for a non fungible token, which also probably doesn't mean anything if you, because those that also is not particularly like the most helpful definition or explanation. But that's what it stands for. Um, and basically, something that is fungible versus non-fungible something that's fungible can be like replaced so like if I let you borrow like my chapstick 
and you lose it, you can go to the store and you can replace it with like the same Burt's Bees chapstick. Um, if I let you borrow my phone that has like all my contacts, my, my cell phone case, like all of my pictures and you lose it, you can't replace it with the same thing, right? Let's say the case was super customized. So that's non-fungible. It's one of a kind. And with an NFT, what, what we are doing is placing value on these digital assets. Um, and that I think is so exciting because when you think about like the trajectory of, of our history on the internet and our digital presence, like our digital there is so much, every, most people hold a ton of value when it comes to their digital life, whether it's their following on Instagram or TikTok or, you know, art blogs that they've created or whatever it might be. There is a real value to being to this digital world that we live in. And now finally, like people can monetize that in a way where there's like true ownership over the person that is creating it. Um, so that to me is just like really, really cool. Um, and what we're doing with our Miss O Cool Girls, um, our NFT collection is essentially we've created 10,000 randomly generated um, girls, um, really emphasizing that there is no one definition of what it means to be a girl and showcasing like all of these different traits within our art. So it goes back to the art that we were talking about at the very beginning of this, the Miss O and Friends art that started all of this. Um, and now we have, you know, 10,000 unique one-of-one -one girls. Um, and by owning an NFT, you are helping to grow and contribute to like the initiatives that we're excited about. One, which you mentioned is this web three education for girls. So we've already started with a few initiatives. Um, one is like a fund that we've created that is like a $25,000 fund for 250 girls and women um, who we give them $100 worth of Ethereum, ETH, which is one of the cryptocurrencies that you use most to buy NFTs. And we're like giving that to them and teaching them what to do. So teaching them how to mint, teaching them how to buy an NFT, because there are a lot of barriers to entry. Um, and we really want to break those down. So for us, like, when I think of, again, back to who we are as a company, like I said from the beginning, we are here to empower girls. And how do we do that? We provide them with education and opportunities about this kind of new, truly new wave of the internet um, and how they can get involved in it. Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, so much of what I feel like we've been kind of like what our mission has been with Miss Owen Friends has been essentially like fixing these problems of web two, which has been like extremely male dominated. Um, and web three is still really early and it has already been like male dominated, but a lot of women projects are coming in and being like, no, this is early. We're going to stop this. We're going to shut this down. Women need to like truly be able to have like an equal path within web three. And I think that part is really inspiring. Um, but what it also does is by bringing more women and girls into this is it allows them to be part of the conversation and actually direct the narrative that we want to see in Web3 of this inclusive community um, with the with the accurate depictions, again, of what it means to be a girl and a woman today. And so that is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about it, because it is truly like the epitome of our mission with Miss Owen Friends and being able to take it and just like bring it to this whole new level um, where we can you know, my hope is that we can really have like such a maximum impact, positive impact on girls globally. Just to confirm, you have 
uh, about 10,000 misowned friends as NFTs online that could be purchased. And then with the um, revenue that you bring in, it allows you to um, put it towards initiatives such as educating girls on, on NFTs. Yes, uh, exactly. So that's like part of what the revenue goes towards. Um, another percentage of our revenue is going towards Girl Up, the UN Foundation. And so we're going, we've partnered with them, which is really cool. And we'll be helping to build out like Web3 education um, within their community as well. Um, and then we'll also be taking a portion of that and investing it back into other girl and women NFT projects. Um, and then, you know, other proceeds from this are going towards to go back into our company, back into our website, back into our app, back into our content creation to, again, continue to be able to provide these safe places online for girls um, and content that is accurately portraying like what it actually means to be a girl today, um, as well as building out like Web3 initiatives within our roadmap. So like looking into like, yes, this huge education piece that we've talked about um but even looking like into the metaverse and looking at like more like collaborations and merchandising and um things like that where we can continue to provide like utility and value to the people who own them so i'm just really excited about it because i feel like the opportunities are like really endless with it um and it's just such a it's such a cool way to be able to grow your business and provide value to the people who have, who believe in what it is you're doing. We started minting last week, um, which has been really cool. And yeah, we've sold a bunch so far. Yeah. So we're excited to like keep hitting like minting milestones. Like we have different uh, things that like activations that happen when we get to different milestones. So the milestone that's coming up is our 10% minting milestone. And this is actually a collaboration with like a 13 year old blockchain artist and designer, which I'm super excited about um, because anything we do with our partnerships, we want them to actually be like meaningful to our community and like the creators that engage with our community. So um, lots of things like that. And yeah, but uh, you know, minting, you can, everyone can still mint um, and just excited to like keep growing. For your demographics um, of, people purchasing NFTs? Are they um, the tween girls as well that are on the website? Uh, not really yet. I mean, sometimes like the parents are doing it for them, but like we know that that is like an uphill, like it's like a hurdle, right? To we're, we're really trying to onboard them and educate them. Um, yeah. We have reserved 50 of them to give away to Miss O Girls. So we've been giving away some NFTs, which has been really cool. Um, because we want again them to you know get their first NFT and be excited to learn. Um, the demographic really is more women. Um, I'm finding a lot of moms, uh, moms with girls, just moms in general who are connecting to the mission of wanting to change this like trajectory from a you know the, the way that current um, media investment and consumption is going, like change that route and, you know, want to, want to be involved in something that is looking and already has, but looking to continue to provide um, like really thoughtful and um, authentic content and platforms that are safe for girls. Your mission it hasn't changed. And I love how dedicated you are to the mission. So 
I guess going back at 16, when you first started growing this business, um, was it strange in a way to see all that income coming in? Because, you know, like at 16 or actually at 18, that's when kids usually get their first job. Um, and it, it's different. It's usually like working at the mall or the theater, for, for example. But you were making income a different way. Was it strange for you to see that? Um, I don't know if it was strange. I mean, I've always been like, I've always had like an entrepreneurial, like I was an entrepreneurial kid. Like I was always like, always like whether it was like, lemonade stands or babysitter clubs or shows that I put on like I always was doing stuff like that um so I don't think I ever like viewed it as strange yeah. um, so you were like excited to yeah, see like just yeah. growing and and seeing uh income coming in and seeing good feedback too from other girls yeah it's always just been exciting for me and like you know there's been highs and lows when it comes to revenue and income and I think like that's something that you know, anyone who starts their own business like needs to know too, because mm-hmm. it's not always just like perfect and great and making all this money. Like that's not, that's not the case. And so like, this has been, a, this has become a family business. And so like for better or for worse, like we're all in this together. And so there have been a lot of ups and downs and scary moments. Um, and that's what has, you know, also caused us to pivot and try and like rethink our next steps and what it is that we do. But I think also in those moments is where like, we have still been so dedicated to this company and this mission. Um, and we kind of always go back to like why we're doing what we're doing and the value that we're providing for girls and why like this is so needed. Um, and, I think that's something, you know, that people also need to like, remember is like why you do what you do, because at the end of the day, like that's, what's going to keep you going when like, you feel like you can't, because that will happen many times. <laughs> A lot of times people get scared of the thought of failure, but yeah, the key point that you shared is learn how to pivot and the environment is always going to be changing. So that's one thing Miss O and friends did. That was amazing. Learning to adapt to the environment and how to pivot and continue yeah. on that's wonderful yeah and, and the learning and that learning piece too right like I said like I started learning about nfts and like this was something I you know I've I've learned about crypto like you know in the last few years but like I'm not an ex I'm still not an expert but like I have really like this was something exciting for me to learn and I think like that learning piece is so huge um, of like thinking, learning about like new technologies and ways that it might be able to adapt and apply to your company. Um, because otherwise, like you, you, you have to, you can't just stay that you can't stay stagnant, especially in like today's world where things are so quick and instant. Um, so you just have to like be open to learning and adapting. Absolutely. Um, so COVID has caused a huge trend where, uh, or it's known as the great resignation, or some people call it the great opportunity where people are voluntarily quitting um, and looking for better work conditions or a more fulfilling job. Um, What would you tell someone today, whether they're a young girl trying to discover what career path they want to go to, or someone that's transitioning jobs, what advice would you give them? Um, if they wanted to find their passion and turn it into a business or just find a better career path? 
Um, you know, I think again, it's like talking to people who might be doing other things. If you know someone who's in an industry that seems like kind of interesting to you, like don't be afraid to reach out to them. Like let's say like you didn't resign, but like you were let go from your job. Like don't be embarrassed about that, right? Like you have reach out to people who, you know, might be able to provide like value um, and you can learn from, right? Because you have to start somewhere. Um, and I think that learning piece is, is the really big part. So finding people that you can learn from and learn like, okay, this does seem interesting or, oh, this isn't for me or whatever it might be. Miss O and Friends now has a segment selling and teaching young girls about NFTs. It's so encouraging to see that Julia and her family truly believed in the mission and has continued to grow Miss O and Friends. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on our website at www.dayoneway.com or follow us on social media.